guys, it's Real Talk with Tracy. Um, I am back. I was gone for a while. I went on a trip to Israel and Jordan and saw Petra, which was amazing, which I'm going to talk about in another podcast. But I wanted to do another podcast and I wanted to do it on toxic mothers. Um, I don't really want to do it, but unfortunately, I was put in the situation where I did have toxic mothers. I had two. I had one that raised me, which was my aunt, Gloria, and then I had her sister, who was my biological mother, and this was kept a family secret until I was 12 years old. So at 18 months old, uh, my biological father left. He didn't want the responsibility and actually signed adoption papers so my aunt and uncle could adopt me. They, My aunt was 12 years older than my mom, who was 18 when she had me. And for the first, I'd say 10 years, other than having a very overly critical dad, who was really my uncle, um, it was pretty good. Um, I think there was a lot of things that were great from the time I got adopted until I was maybe 11 years old. And then at 12 years old, my aunt, who I knew was mom, um, had a major nervous breakdown, started drinking a lot, lots and lots and lots of bottles of plum wine doing Percodan. She had friends that were doing Coke. She had friends that were swinging. She would sometimes leave me at the house. We lived on a lake, which was beautiful, but it had a lot of big windows and she would leave sometimes for a week. And I was all by myself and I was 12, which, um, you're still a little girl at 12. Um, but we reverse roles and I became like the mother. I was like, okay, so when are you coming home? Who are you with? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, what time are you going to be here? Are you bringing food home? Okay, no. Okay, well, then I guess I have to go to my neighbor's to eat food. Um, anyway, it became somewhat of a nightmare. And I wound up talking to my teachers. And at 15, I couldn't take it anymore. Um, just her abusive ways and things like bringing strange men that she met at a nightclub home in the middle of the night, pulling me out of bed in my nightgown to play the piano for them and entertain them uh, like on a monkey, like a little monkey on the corner with a little accordion player. Um, it was, it was, it was scary. I wanted to tell you that she was probably bipolar on top of other things um, and not medicated the right way, um, found out that before they even adopted me, she was in a mental ward, uh, when she was in the army and was raped by a fellow female officer in the army. And she had to be put in a mental ward and have Electric shock therapies. Okay, so this is the woman that my biological father and her sister, my mom, thought it was a good idea for her to adopt me. And I got to be honest, she probably tried her best. 
And she was a very loving, I think, mother until I was about maybe 10 or 11. And she had a nervous breakdown and the coin really flipped. So she went from being what I thought was kind of like a perfect person, Marlo Thomas. She had the beautiful flip hair, hairdo. She was beautiful, olive skin. I come from kind of like a Hungarian um, background. And her and my uncle, there's, and also my, my biological mom, they all have this really beautiful olive skin where I turned out to be much whiter. Um, but anyway, just, you know, good looking people, very good looking. Um, and I always looked up to her and just thought like, oh, I want to be like her when I grow up. I want to, you know, I kind of idolized her. And then her husband, who was really my uncle, um, AKA dad was very kind of sadistic, used to hold me down and tickle me until I was screaming in pain. Um, of course he did that a lot when she wasn't around and he was very critical. Um, I remember hearing the words many times, how fat, lazy, you're stupid, you're a pig. Um, so these are the kind of things that I grew up with. Um, were they good? Like for the first 10 years overall? I want to say yes. I want to say that somehow I have a strength and it's not like, you know, I was two years old and left in a closet. It was two very dysfunctional people trying to do the right thing, adopt this child that needed a family. I think they're both complete narcissist. Um, it was all about them and how everything looked to everybody else. And really my sole purpose was to kind of like do a tap dance and make them look good. And, you know, if my spelling was lousy or I was too chubby, you know, um, that didn't look good. I remember my father who was a school teacher telling me, you know, why don't you have spelling like, you know, Martha so-and-so in my class? It's like, you know, you're lazy, you're this, you're that. Okay, I had severe dyslexia. Um, none of those things were addressed, but I did have a very high IQ. So I wound up being put in classes for gifted children, even though my spelling was horrible, my grammar was horrible, and I was never good enough no matter what I did. I was, I remember, I just remember him saying the word stupid so many times, almost like the word, um, I don't know, end or the word food. Um, it just became a normal word that he would use a lot. And I really still am very angry and really resent him and I'm angry with him for being such a idiot and he should have known better. Um, so anyway, everything is, like I said, they would take me to Disneyland. I had all the clothes. I had the pretty bedroom with the canopy bed. You know, I had the stuff and 
my mother every day, or it seemed like it was every day, maybe it was once a week, but it seemed like every day would ask me, who's the best mommy in the whole world? Who's the best mommy in the whole world? Tell me, tell me, who's the best mommy? And I would say, you are, you're the best mommy in the whole world. And she needed to adopt me to have something to fill her up because she had such an empty space inside and no way to fill it. And after her nervous breakdown at when I was 12 years old, she started filling it up when my dad left with many different men. She started filling it up with cases of plum wine. She started filling it up with Percodan. Um, she started filling it up with cocaine. She started filling it up with hanging around these people that were swingers. I remember her boyfriend, when she had walked out of the room, turning to me once and asking me if I would give him a blowjob. And I was 12. And I, you know what? I remember looking him, looking at him and saying, do you realize I'm a child? I am 12 years old. It's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, well, just asking. And it's like, what the, what the, what is wrong with you? Man, I'm a child. You're my mother's boyfriend. What's wrong with you? So I had to be very strong at a very young age. And I became like the mom. And eventually at 15, I talked with my uh, teachers who I was close with and I talked with, I think her name was Betty Johnson, who was my counselor at the school. And I talked with one of my classmates that borrowed the keys to Betty Johnson's car and I escaped. I packed up my stuff. I went to the police station. I filed a report and I put myself in foster care, putting myself in foster care. The greatest thing I ever did to get away from this crazy lunatic that I used to look up to, admire, and love, who turned out to be a monster. I mean, just crazy stuff. So let's fast forward now. Um, haven't seen her in 39 years. I saw her the last time she was living in, she had sold the house in Malibu Lake and was living in a little kind of, I want to say dirty because they weren't keeping the dishes and stuff clean apartment with her much younger husband who was a drunk, who was never allowed to drive because he was a drunk and a pit bull who was jumping all over me. I had flown out my cousin um, to go see her and I wanted to see her because I was so afraid of her and because I have OCD and I have my own anxiety and I have my own problems mentally probably because I'm biologically related to these people um, I got a dose of a genetic pool that I really didn't want but um, I used to have trouble making it from my bedroom to the kitchen to get a glass of water in the middle of the night when I was living with my husband. And the reason why is because I would picture Gloria, my aunt, the one that raised me, sitting on the couch with an ax and she would be waiting for me. And I was so afraid of her. 
So I wanted to see her to kind of get over this horrible fear I had of, of her. Um, she had olive skin. She had very dark hair, almost black. And her eyes, I want to say they were almost black. You know, some people have brown eyes like I do. And they're a little bit light brown. So like you could see the pupil. She had very dark eyes. And as she got older, she started resembling what I consider to be a witch. So she was scary looking to me. She acted scary. She was abusive. I never knew when she was coming home. I never knew who she was bringing into the house. I was always feeling unsafe. I always was kind of in fight or flight mode. And if it wasn't for this amazing uh, Seneca Indian family who I became really close to that lived at the lake, who was always there for me when she wasn't around, I don't know what I would have done. They really saved me. Um, in a lot of ways. So I'm very thankful to them. Um, they became like family. So um, a lot of times I'd be running over there and eating dinner with them and, you know, spending time with them. So um, it was really hard. Um, I want to tell you guys that are listening to this, your toxic mother and or father, this is not your fault. You do not have to see them. You do not have to talk to them. You do not have to be in their life. Um, you can hope and hope and hope and pray and spin around three times and touch a magic lamp. They will not change. People that are so narcissistic and so void of empathy, all they think about is themselves. And they don't change. And we're pretty much there just to fill their needs. When their needs are met or when they're tired of us, we get tossed out. And my biological father, same thing. Another super narcissist who I became friends with, tried to keep him in my life, um, and really learned who he was. Learned who he was. When I wound up going to a hospital thinking I was having a heart attack, I was up visiting him in the state where he lives and took him seven hours to come see me because he was going to holiday parties with his wife. That was his priority. Not that his daughter was in the hospital uh, suffering, um, hooked up to like an IV and you know, getting shots in my stomach and all this other stuff. So that was not his priority. And after seeing him for really who he is, instead of through my rose-colored glasses, I just have no relationship. No relationship with my uncle and no relationship with my father. Because why? I expect too much. I expect too much. I expect love and empathy and mutual respect. And these are things that I can't get. But they are things that I have gotten from a wonderful husband. That in March, it's going to be 40 years that we've been together. God gave me a gift. There was so much loss and so much hurt and so much pain. And somehow... I met this amazing man and got married 
And we're really, we were kids. I was 23, he was 24. We like grew up together. And he's my very, very, very best friend. But when it comes to family, when it comes to Mother's Day, when it comes to Father's Day, I literally sometimes just don't leave the house. Um, Because no matter where I go, people will say, what are you doing for Mother's Day? Okay, that's like a week before. Then on Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Are you spending the day with your daughter? Well, you want to say, but you don't. No, I never had kids because I was so afraid of giving birth to one of my parents. I was so afraid that I would have a child that maybe I didn't care for because they were going to have mental issues or they were going to be a narcissist or they were going to be not loving Or what if I turned into my aunt? What if I turned into my mother? How can I have a child? Um, Am I capable? So we never did. And, you know, we were pretty careful. We took a couple chances. I think if I would have gotten pregnant, I would have had a child. And I probably, knowing myself now at 60, would have made a great mother, I think. But we didn't do it. Didn't happen, didn't do it, didn't try. And do I miss having grandkids? Oh my God, I miss. I miss having grandkids in my life. When I get together with my friends and they're all seeing grandkids, the ones that have kids, it's hard. I'm happy for them, you guys. I am really honestly happy for them, but I don't have that that piece of the puzzle. That piece of the puzzle that makes the whole beautiful Hallmark card picture, that piece for me is missing. So it's tough. But I do these podcasts because one day I'm going to be gone. We're all going to pass away. I like to think of it as transitioning, but we're all going to pass away. And what are we going to leave for other people? What is so important about me doing these podcasts? is I don't want, if you're listening, for you to feel alone in this. Because I have felt alone in this so much of my life. And now that I have a voice and I'm able to reach people where I've had over 80 countries listening to me, so it's really kind of cool and I've gotten some really great feedback. I talk on all different topics. I hope to inspire, motivate, maybe entertain, maybe make you laugh. Um, I try to be there for people that I don't even know. So you could feel like you're not alone in this crazy, this crazy thing that we call life. So we all get dealt a hand of cards And we just play them. And you guys, every day is a gift. Every single day that we are on this earth, every day I can see my husband's face. I can get up. I can talk to God. I can play with my two rescue dogs. I can have a nice meal. I have enough money to pay my bills. I can go see friends. I could go for a walk. I can look at the hummingbirds buzzing around in my garden, the simple things. 
the simple little things, not buying the fancy car, not buying the new Louis Vuitton bag, none of that matters to me now. I mean, I have a reliable car, but do I need the Mercedes and the Louis Vuitton bag? No, those things are not important to me. What's important to me is my connections with people, my moments with people. Those moments, that's what's important to me. Those moments of joy, laughing, even crying, and being there for each other. Those are the things that are precious in this life. I have had so many friends pass away from cancer. And I have had friends move out of state. And I've had a lot of loss. Um, I am no contact with my biological father. I am no contact with my uncle. I am no contact with my two half-siblings. And it's because there's nothing there but pain. And all I want for myself and all of you is peace. Peace and tranquility and what makes me feel peaceful is doing for other people, caring for other people, spending moments with other people. So anyway, guys, I want to thank you. If you've listened to this, I want to thank you that I have an outlet to express myself because I've always wanted to write a book and I am so dyslexic. If I wrote a book, the computer would probably blow up because my spelling is that bad. It's very poor. It's amazing I had such a high-level company job for such a long time. I would get really criticized, like, don't you use spell check? And it's like, yeah, like three, four, five times. And spell check can't find the word. Um, but um, even with those certain disabilities, I've managed to overcome. And so for those of you who are celebrating Mother's Day and Father's Day, I want to wish you a happy, happy, happy one. Um, and for those of you who are dealing with toxic family, you know, let go of it. Let go of the rope. It's like holding on to a heavy boat on a dock that just is pulling you down. It's like being pulled under the water by a drowning boat. It's like, why would you want to drown with that boat? You know, cut that rope, save yourself. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself first. There's nothing wrong with coming to the conclusion that these people don't change. If somebody can't share in your joy, if somebody can't be happy for you, if somebody has no time to be happy for you or be empathetic when things are bad, why would you want them around? If somebody's constantly criticizing you, why? Why Why do you want that around? That's no fun. Yeah, but maybe one day they'll change. No, they don't change. And uh, unfortunately, you know, um, even if they're nice to you for a while, 
but you know their character, it comes around and, you know, you may not get slapped in the face today, but eventually that slap comes around and slaps you in the face. Then you wonder like, huh, I thought they only did that to other people. Nope. Nope. That's their character. If you have a vicious dog and it bites everybody on the street, even though you think, oh, my dog would never bite me. It's, I'm so loving. I'm so wonderful. Um, I am the dog whisperer. This dog will never bite me. And then the dog bites you and you're like, huh, I'm so shocked this dog bit me. I didn't see that coming. Of course, you know, he bit everybody in the neighborhood. You know, wake up to the reality of what's happening and free yourself. Free yourself. Open the cage that you're in and allow yourself out. Write a letter do whatever you have, do whatever you can. You don't even have to give it to the person. Stick it in the freezer. You can get as mad as you want, you know, or you could do what I did. You could tell, <laughs> I told my biological father exactly what I thought of him. I told him he's a total narcissist, that he's been a total disappointment in my life. Um, and, you know, he doesn't want to hear it. He just wants somebody as a sounding board to be around when he feels like it. And if you're not building him up and putting him on this huge pedestal, which he does not deserve, then he goes on to somebody else. He'll go on to a different, another, another half sibling who he never raised. Um, or he'll go on to strangers that he meets and, you know, talk a big talk about his house, how big it is and his Mercedes and, you know, He'll go on a cruise and talk about how he's raised three daughters and, you know, he hasn't raised anybody. It's all been about him. No responsibility whatsoever. It's all been focused on himself. So if you want to be around people like that and they continue to hurt you, it's your choice. If you can continue to stay in it, in that sinking boat and you start drowning, that is your choice. But remember, there's many people out there that will love and adore you for exactly who you are with all your faults. You know what you do? And I'll tell you what I did. I started a meetup group. If you go on the computer under meetup.com, put in your zip code. There's all sorts of groups of people. And I started a lunch group. And I started it because so many people I know that I love have died. I've had loss because I have a crazy nutso family and I've had people that I love move out of state and I wanted to replenish my group of friends and I started a meetup group a year and a half ago and I've met, mine is just women, I've met some incredible women and I have to say it is such a source of support and love so I would highly recommend it if you go to a group and you don't care for them check it off, go to the next group. You don't care for that, start your own group. It's maybe about, I don't know, it costs me around $100 or $150 a year. And I just charge everybody in my group $12 for dues, which covers that. And it's just, it's wonderful. You can make new friends, even if you're 70, even if you're 80, it doesn't matter. You can make new friends and you will find your people. You will find people that love and adore you because 
What does it say? What is that saying? Like the fish in the sea, everybody seeks their own level. Why would you be down at the bottom with the sharks when you could be on the top with the swans? You know, seek your own level. Get rid of all this crap that's hurting you, that's ruining your life. Maybe go to therapy. Maybe go to therapy and talk to somebody and surround yourself with love. Go to church. Go to temple. Um, get a rescue dog. You know, if you're really busy at work and, and you can't be home that much, maybe get a hamster. Get a living thing that you can interact with and start to grow yourself. It's very hard to grow when you constantly have people in your life that are pulling you down. See yourself for who you are. See yourself for who you could be. Allow other people to love you, even with your brokenness, even with your imperfections. You know, they have a Japanese saying, something about a bowl that breaks, and they take, instead of glue, they take like gold, and it's some kind of glue that has gold in it. And they put that beautiful, that beautiful bowl back together. And there's all these little cracks in it where it broke. But in those little cracks are filled in with little lines of gold. And doesn't that make the bowl so much more interesting when you look at it? You know, every dimple in my leg, every bit of cellulite, every little scar, every bit of sagging skin... You know, every every bit of freckles on my arms and my face because I didn't wear enough sunblock. I've earned all that. I've earned all that. And instead of putting yourself down, start appreciating, start appreciating yourself. Anyway, you guys, sending out love and light to you. Lots of hugs. If you can also look me up on YouTube where I have all sorts of things that are kind of different. Um, hi guys, Real Talk with Tracy, and you could subscribe, I'd really appreciate it. I'm pretty much kind of documenting my journey, so it has little outtakes from trips and times with my dog and husband and funny things and some of this, but um, have a wonderful new day. Every day you wake up, you have a choice to make a change. Do I go forward? Do I go backwards? Do I go sideways? Or do I stand and not move at all? And am I stuck in an abyss? You have the choice. You are the captain of your own ship. And you can do whatever you want. So be the captain of your own ship. Start saying positive affirmations. Give yourself a lot of self-love. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. You've been listening to, hi guys, Real Talk with Tracy. All right, talk to you guys soon. Bye.